Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles, grab them today. You need your swords today. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Wednesday nights, the last few weeks uh, before we started uh, the summer uh, schedule, we were looking at different ways that that God has gifted us and empowered us to withstand the enemy's tactics. And one of those great weapons that we have is the Word of God. All right, so it's not enough just to have a Word of God. It's it's we need to know it. We need to put it in our hearts. We need to put it in our minds. We need to be meditating on His Word. We need to be studying His Word. We need to be hearing His Word proclaimed. We need to be reading His Word because. It's, a, it's God's weapon to us, for us, against the tactics of the enemy. Because the enemy will come on, well, you know, you're just nothing, or this is going on, and you can just stand upon his word. No, I am a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. And, and just the, the word of God in you and through you, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So we're going to look at his word. We're going to use our swords today. Your sword might look a little different. Maybe your sword is a phone, and that's fine, because uh, there's lots of apps with the Bible on there, but uh, as long as you have the scriptures, uh, we'll, we're doing good this this morning. So we're going to continue our series on stepping out in faith. Someone say, "Step out, step out in faith." It's it's those taking those steps where you're not sure where your foot is going to go. We've looked at a few different areas. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've picked this up, but five stories we've been looking at. All right, when Jesus calls Peter out of the boat onto the water. All right, the waves were crashing. It was it wasn't just a steady calm day on the on the lake. It was a it was an uproar time and and Jesus called Peter out of the boat. Uh, when the the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, they were, it was a flood season. It was flood stage. And Jesus says, I want you to go and stand in the middle of the Jordan River. And so they, they stepped out in faith and they stepped out into those flood waters. And today we're looking at, looking at the man with the shriveled hand and Jesus tells him, stretch out your hand. Would you pray with me? And let's ask God's blessing on his word and uh, what he wants to teach us today. Jesus, this is your house, your church, your people. This is your word. God, help us to hear your word. Help us to read your word. Help us to understand your word. And most importantly, Lord, help us to apply your word, to live it out. It's not enough just to know your word. We must be doers of the word, Lord Jesus. Help us to be doers of your word, to stretch out our hands, to stretch out our faith today, to take steps of faith with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The enemy wants to keep you comfortable, you know that? The enemy wants you to keep it, keep you in your comfort zone. Don't, don't get too radical for Jesus. You know, just, just, you know, you can, you can have a little Jesus, but not too much, or you can, you can take some steps, but, but God wants us to take steps of faith, to step out in faith. And so uh, this story here is, is powerful along those ways, lines, Luke chapter six, let's read it together and then we'll break it down. Wiki wiki this morning. Two of you caught that one. Luke chapter 6. The text is on the back of your bulletin if you're taking notes. 
this morning. On another Sabbath, say another Sabbath. All right, that's, that's key. That's important. We'll look at that in a few moments. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. This is Jesus. And a man was there whose right hand, not left hand, his right hand was shriveled. That's important. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored, not a little restored, not somewhat restored. It was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Let's break this story down, wiki wiki, all right? Verse six, three things stand out as we're looking at this verse. It says, on another Sabbath, Number one, on another Sabbath, if you're taking notes, you can just jot some of these down. We don't have blanks for everything today. Three things that stand out. It's another Sabbath. On another Sabbath. The second thing that stands out, it's Jesus went into the synagogue and was teaching. You can just even underline these if you'd like. On another Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and was teaching. And the third thing is this. A man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Whenever we read God's word, God doesn't make any mistakes. Every word is inspired. Every, every phrase is inspired. Every paragraph is inspired. So as we read his word, it's, sometimes it's easy to go through stories and skip over things. Oh, yeah, the man's he's sick and he, yeah, he's healing. But you need to look at all the deep. What is going on? There's, there's a reason why the, the, the Holy Spirit inspired the human authors to write these certain words. It's not an accident. It's not just a use of artistic license. And so... The first thing we want to look at, it says, on another Sabbath. Say, on another Sabbath. Genesis 2 says it this way. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. You see that? God had finished the work. It took six days, but on the seventh day, by then he had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, just think about that. God took six days to create everything that we see. It's, it boggles your mind. It's hard to even comprehend. But it says on the seventh day, he had finished the work and he had rested. And so he created what was called the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath day rest. It was a, a day devoted to the Lord for worship, for rest, for refreshment. Worship, rest, refreshment. It was a day when the work was finished. 
practically speaking, as I'm reading this, the Sabbath was a day of low expectations because it signified the day when work was finished, right? You weren't going to be working on a project. You weren't going to be out, you know, in the garden. You weren't going to be tilling the soil. Things were done. You were chilling. This was a day just devoted to rest, worship, relaxation. It was a day, I think, of low expectations. It's interesting that Jesus chose this day to perform a powerful miracle. And so what stands out to me, you can fill in this, Blake, sometimes our miracle comes at a time we least expect. It's just another Sabbath. It's just another Sunday. Well, I guess I'm going to go to church today. It's just another Sunday. How many have ever felt that? I know I felt that. Well, I'm going to preach today. It's just another Sunday. I'm going to come. It's just another Wednesday, right? And if we're not careful, we have those expectations. Nothing's going to happen. It's, it's going to be like last week where we sang a few songs. We had some announcements. We did the offering. I know exactly the order it's going to go. And pastor's going to talk too long. And he's going to put me to sleep. And all I'm going to think about is lunch. And then it's just another Sunday. But it's sometimes it's those times when Jesus does his greatest miracle. For me, I, I told the story many times. I went to youth convention as a teenager with very low expectations. My only expectation was to get closer to this girl that invited me to youth convention, all right? I had no spiritual intentions of going. I was like, I'll go to youth convention. She's really pretty. I know she's going, and I'll go and maybe spend more time with her. It was just another event and just another youth event for me. And unfortunately, it wasn't my wife. It was some other girl. I was 12 at the time or 13 or 14 or maybe 18. I don't know. I was just kidding. I was junior high. Low expectations, but it was at that time by God's grace, by his mercy that God grabbed a hold of my heart. I didn't expect it. I was in a service, you know, and, and the altar call was given. All of a sudden I'm up and I'm walking. I'm like, what is happening? And I'm surrendering my heart and my life to Jesus. It was just another Sabbath to me. It was just another event to me. It was just another time to be together with friends, but God does a huge, powerful work in my life. Sometimes our miracle comes at a time we least expect it. It's just another Sabbath for these people. But number two, it's not just another Sabbath because Jesus was there. Jesus was in the synagogue. Jesus was teaching. His word was present in a physical way. Today, his word is present as we read his word, as we sense, do you sense the, the presence of the spirit in our midst today? It's not just another Sunday. It's not just another church day. It's a day that Jesus, his presence is with us in a powerful way. It was during this day of worship, rest, and refreshment that Jesus showed up on the scene. Jesus did what he so often did. He would go into the synagogue, their place of worship. He would read the scripture. He would explain the scripture. He would say, this scripture is fulfilled in your presence today. He taught the people the word of God. He was the word of God. He is the word of God. And we can take away from this. When Jesus shows up, all bets are off. You know, we can come to a Sunday service thinking we know oh, just, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and all bets are off. Your expectations go out the window. 
the people, I'm sure they were used to their normal synagogue routines, right? The leaders of the synagogue would get up and do their prayers and read the scripture. And if there was a guest in, in the community, they'd come and read the scripture and give some explanation. And But Jesus changed it all. He showed up and he blew away the religious expectations in one moment. I think they would never approach the Sabbath the same ever again. They would probably never walk into that synagogue the same ever again. They were so used to the dry religious routines and Jesus changed in one moment. And I'm sure each time afterwards, like, what's going to happen this time? <laughs> what, is, what is God going to do? What is Yahweh going to do this week? Isn't that just so true for us today? Whenever we experience God in a powerful way, whenever we witness him do something in a powerful way, we become less impressed with religious routines. Isn't that so true? We see God do a work in someone's life. Someone surrenders to him and someone, you know, you, you just know what they're going through and they just surrender and devote to their life. But we get less impressed with religious routines. It's not about what songs he sang and what, how good something was. It's more about divine encounters with Jesus. We become hungry for that. We become hungry. Okay, God, do something powerful in our midst again today. So it's just another Sabbath day, but Jesus is in their midst. And the third detail is this. A man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Now, I'm not not trying to offend any left-handed people. I know we have some left-handed warriors in our midst today. But in scriptural terms, when it talks about the right hand, it's a right hand signifies power. It signifies authority. It signifies the ability and the independence. Sorry, Jack. (laughs) And for this man, it was his right hand that was shriveled. It was his main dominant hand. It was his hand of strength. It was his hand of ability. It was his hand of independence. It was his hand of authority. You would take agreements with your right hand. You would do things that were significant with your right hand. It was this hand this man walked in that was shriveled. So it was a physical thing, but I'm sure it was also a a self-esteem thing. I'm just a man that can't get it done. I just I just don't have the ability to do what everyone else can do. I, I just, maybe he was a man just that made excuses, that walked around with a big excuse. Some people have wounds and scars that you can see, and some people have wounds and scars that you can't see. This man just had a scar and a wound that everyone could see. He was a man with a shriveled hand. So it's in a place of, low expectation it's another sabbath when religious routines often replace divine encounters that jesus shows up and encounters a man with a desperate desperate need and it says this in verse 7 says the pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse jesus do you catch that We see what God's doing. We see it's another Sabbath. We see Jesus there. We see him teaching. We see there's a man with a desperate need and the religious leaders, all they're focused on are how are we gonna get Jesus? 
How are we going to get this man who thinks he is something special? These people were kingdom spectators. They were more interested in their man-made rules and traditions than they were in the life-transforming power of God's kingdom. Let me say that again. These, these religious leaders were kingdom spectators. They were more interested in their man-made rules and traditions than they were in the life-transforming power of of God's kingdom. They were mumbling themselves, this is the Sabbath, I sure hope he's not going to do work on the Sabbath. This is the Sabbath, this is God's holy day. I sure hope he's not going to do work on the Sabbath. Let's catch, a, let's catch him in the act. Let's catch him in the act. They worship their system, but they miss their Savior. They worship their system, but they missed their Savior. And I think the more sometimes... The longer we serve the Lord, sometimes this tendency can easily sweep into our hearts. We get used to how things go, how church is supposed to look like, how it's supposed to feel, how the songs are supposed to go, how the music is supposed to flow. And, and sometimes we can get so focused on that that we miss out on what Jesus wants to do, to heal, to restore, to bring life-transforming power of his kingdom. Sometimes our miracle comes at a time when others say it should not happen. It should not happen. That was the Pharisees. They said, any other day you can do work, but you, you can't heal on the Sabbath. They were looking for Jesus to heal, and they were going to nail him. Sometimes a miracle comes. It's a time of low expectation. Sometimes it just comes when people think it should not happen. Well, it shouldn't happen here. You know, you haven't done this enough, or you haven't been here enough, or this hasn't happened yet, or there's this situation isn't the right situation. And Jesus could have taken this man aside, or he could have said, well, come back tomorrow. But Jesus was making a point. He was making a statement. He was displaying his power and his authority says here in verses 8 through 10, but Jesus knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were. He knew that religious spirit. He, he knew that pharisaical spirit. He, he recognized it. He knew exactly what they were thinking. And he said to the man with a shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Jesus wasn't afraid. Some, some people think like Jesus was just like, I'll just sheepish and oh, whatever you like, and I'll just pray for you and He's like, they have an issue. Hey, how about you come and stand in front of everybody? You know, let's let's make this. You know, you want to go? Let's let's go. Let's bring it on, puppy dog. All right. So he got up and he stood there. Then Jesus said to them, "I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it?" He looked around at them all. And then he said these words to the man, stretch out your hand. That, that, that part of the story is so, it just kind of reverberates in my spirit as I read it, as I, as I meditate on it. Stretch out your hand. All, the, all the, throughout the story, this man has been known as the man with the shriveled hand, right? He could have said, stretch out your shriveled hand. 
Well, there's something Jesus is doing. He's calling out of the man what he believes his potential can become. He's not just a man with a shriveling. He's a man that is going to have a fully functioning hand. Stretch out your hand. If you're taking notes on this Sabbath, Jesus again created something out of nothing by his word. Jesus is very, it's very careful and interesting here. Jesus fulfilled the law completely, the Bible says. He did everything without sinning. And so here, he didn't even touch the man. He didn't even want to appear like he was working. He just spoke to the man. Stretch out your hand. I'm not working. (laughs) I'm just speaking here. Stretch out your hand. It reminds me of that creation miracles in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless. It was empty. It was like a shriveled hand. It was formless. It was empty. It was like a shriveled hand. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the vaults of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, and it was so. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. But God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And then Luke chapter 6 continues. On another Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. In the the beginning, God created everything out of nothing by his word. For the man with the shriveled hand, Jesus created something out out of nothing by his word. And he can do the same for us today. Jesus says to us, stretch 
out your hand. Stretch out your hand. A story that I was remembering just a few months ago, we were uh, just starting the Argentina process of raising funds, and we had our first payment coming up. Um, and uh, it was a huge step of faith for us. We, we knew what was in our bank account. We knew what was due. And, and we wrote that check knowing the next day our van had to go get work done. And I've told the story before, but maybe you didn't hear it. So our van was going in to get fixed the next day. And we were writing a check for basically everything that was in our, our account at that time. And saying, all right, God, you want us to go. We trust you. This is your trip. And we're going to be a part of that. And so we wrote the check. The next day, our van goes into to get worked on, and I get a phone call of how much it's going to be, and you know I get all right, I get my credit card out, and she said, "Well, we'll figure that out when you get here," and and so I go to pick up our van, and she hands me the keys, and she says, "It's already been paid for." She didn't know what was happening, and they didn't pay; it was someone else that had paid that bill. But it was as if God was speaking to that shriveled situation. Say, you know, I know your situation. I know you lack. And I trust that you stepped out in faith. And I will meet you at your point of need. And I will provide for you. It was as if God was providing for us as we stretched out our hand. And God answered our prayers. I want you to take a look at this video. I was kind of going between if I'd showed it or not. This is a powerful video of a healing testimony and speaking to us about faith and what God continues to do today. It's a few years old, but it's still very true and relevant to what God can do today. I had young Carlos, who's been driving me around, brought me from the airport he said, Brother Shambach, what's the greatest miracle you ever saw? I said, do you got three hours? (laughs) And I gave him the short version of it. And this is when I believe that God opened the veil and allowed me to look into the future. We were in Birmingham, Alabama when I was with Brother Allen. And a woman brought a little boy in four years of age who was born with 26 diseases. He had no male organs on his body. He was born blind and deaf and dumb. His tongue hanged out of his mouth and lay on his chin. Both arms and legs were twisted together and matted together. The elbows penetrated into his little tummy. His knees touched the elbows and he had no feet. Clubs, you don't put shoes on clubs, you put shoes on feet. And they mother brought that child in. I wrote the card out. I gave it to her in the afternoon service. I was preaching faith, and she was there all week long. But the card was never called. Sometimes we get in too big of a hurry. We run into church, quick preacher, lay hands on me. Bible says lay lay hands suddenly on no man. Some people need to sit down and hear the word of God preached. And they need to get those preconceived opinions and them doctrines of devils that they have in their their brain. And they need to hear the unadulterated word of God that God's not dead, but he's alive. And he's the same today as he was yesterday. That woman sat there. 
with that boy three services a day. She came from another city like you did. The following Sunday she came after I preached in the afternoon. She said, Brother Shambach, I run out of money. Have you ever been there? And she said, my boy hadn't been prayed for yet. I said, I refuse to apologize for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost used Brother Allen in a different way. And every night he would minister, but it was in a different vein, and he didn't call the prayer cards. But she said, I've been staying in the hotel. I've been eating in restaurants. I've been giving in the offering three times a day, and I'm down to my last $20. I've got to go home tonight. Can you do something? I said, I can do one thing. If he don't call that prayer card tonight, I'll take that boy over to his trailer house and make him lay hands on that baby. I'll get him to the man of God. And I meant that. I would have done it. I, I was leading the singing that night and introduced Brother Allen, and he popped out on the stage, and he said, we're going to receive an offering tonight quickly. It's going to be an offering of faith. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to take another one. <laughs> but I might. And when he said, I want you to give an offering of faith, a puzzled look came on the faces of everybody, including me. I never heard him use that terminology before. And he said, now, if you don't know what I mean by an offering of faith, he said, I want you to give God something you can't afford to give. Because if you can afford it, there's no faith attached to it. Logical. Never heard that expression. The first thing I saw was that little woman. She had the baby in her hand, tossing another woman's arms, and she come running. She was three fourths of the way back, and she beat everybody down there. He was holding the buckets, and I saw that woman come running fast. I mean, ran. Three thousand people in that auditorium, and she threw something in the bucket. I'm on the platform. I'm nosy now. I jumped off that platform. <laughs> and I looked in that bucket. Because that woman told me all she had was that $20 bill. And when I looked in that bucket, you know what I saw in that bucket? $20. She's in Birmingham, Alabama, and she lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. But she wanted a miracle. She needed something from God. She said, Lord, I'll walk home if you just heal my baby. When I saw that $20 bill, I ran behind the platform and I cried like a baby. I said, oh, God, I've been trying to teach that woman faith all week. But I said, oh, God, give me faith like that woman's God. I don't know whether I could do that. You don't know whether you can do it unless you're in a similar situation. That man of God received the offering, started preaching. He wasn't 15 minutes into that service when all of a sudden he said, He said, I'm, I see a big building. I said, oh, Lord, here we go on another trip. <laughs> this is how God used him. He said, it's a big old white building. I'm sitting there unmoved because I hear it all the time. He said, I'm inside the building now. And he said, I, oh, there's no doubt where I am. He said, I hear all them babies crying. It's the maternity ward in this hospital. He said, a little baby was born. 
He said, I see 12 doctors around him. He said, that little baby was born with 12, 14, 21, 20, 26 major diseases. And when he said that, I sat up and I said, my God, tonight's that baby's night. Tonight's that baby's night. He said, the doctor said the baby wouldn't live to see its first birthday. But he said, the doctor's wrong. He said, that baby's approaching four. He said, I see mother stuffing a suitcase. She's going on a trip. Another lady's with her. Put the baby in a bassinet. It's in the backseat of an old Ford. He said, I see the Tennessee-Alabama border. He said, that car's pulling in on the parking lot. He said, lady, you're here tonight. Bring me your baby now. God's going to give you 26 miracles. Now. Ooh. Not tomorrow, Benny. Now. God's going to give you 26 miracles. That little woman brought that baby. Four years of age, put it in the man of God's hands, and he started to walk back and forth on that platform. I leaped from my seat and walked with him. 3,000 people stood to their feet. He said, I want everybody to close your eyes and pray with me. I said, not me, mister. I'm going to watch this one. I've been waiting all week for this. And don't you all look so sanctified. You're just like I am. You want to see something too? <laughs> and I'm standing there right next to him. And the first thing I saw was that tongue laying on the chin, snapped like a rubber band. <laughs> And it went in his mouth for the first time in four years. Those little blind eyes, you didn't know whether they were blue or brown or what color they were because it was nothing but milky, solid milk. You knew the boy was blind, couldn't see. But I saw two whirlpools in those eyes. And all of a sudden, you could see brand new blue eyes coming through the milky colored condition. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about a God that's not dead, but a God that's alive. next thing I saw was those arms and legs began to snap simultaneously as they kicked out for the first time. Standing there in front of those people, there's no shoes on clubs. Those clubs were there. But I saw God create feet on that little boy's legs. I, saw, I used to buy my children, we used to buy them silly putty when they were kids. I don't know whether they have that now or not, but they used to make things out of that stuff. And it just looked like God was using silly putty to put a foot on the end of that boy's body. People's hands were raised. Some were fall, falling under the power. Some that didn't go down fell down. I mean, you were, we knew we were in the presence of an awesome God. Faith had nothing to do with this. This was God working in the midst of his people. This was a sovereign act of God. Mama standing over here on this side of the platform with her hands raised, tears streaming down her face. He put the child down. This boy never saw his mama. 
never spoke, never walked, never talked. And when he put that boy down, he took his first little steps. And when he saw mama, he ran after her. I'm running after him. He leaped into his mama's arms, wrapped his arms around her, and I heard him say his first words, Mama, 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 Mama. Twelve wheelchairs, you in wheelchairs, listen to me. You that are watching by television, I want you to hear it. Twelve wheelchairs on this side of the platform. Like a sergeant commanded all 12 of them to stand at attention, all 12 stood up at one time. And they walked out of those wheelchairs. Some spinal cords were broken, severed because of motorcycle accidents. 3,000 people watching what was taking place. And all of a sudden, like a maestro leading a great chorus Every eye went to the stretcher case. 13, 14 stretchers on this side, like they knew what was going to happen. Everybody in those wheelchairs got up and walked out totally healed. And while we're standing on the platform, people began to file down the aisle. Back in those days, in 1957, the hearing aids were like transistor radios. They were pulling them out of their ears and out of their pockets where they had them. And there were two dozen of them laying on the platform. They didn't need them any longer. People started taking glasses off and laying them on the platform. Every cane, every crutch, and every walker, they were bringing them down, walking normally. They were healed while they were seated out there. I always say nobody laid hands on them, but somebody did lay hands on them. It was the nail-scarred hand of Calvary that night. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Here comes a half a dozen people with different parts of the congregation, six white canes with six inches of red at the bottom, totally blind, and their eyes popped open. Women lost four and five dress sizes when tumors just disappeared. Every person in the building was healed. Every person was healed, a divine, sovereign act of God. And people ask me, why, how, why and how did it happen like that? I can't but have one answer, that God lifted the veil to show me what he's going to do in this last day. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's not going to be two out of ten or three out of seven. It's not going to be eight out of ten. But I believe we're living in the day when everybody's going to get healed by the power of God. No man will take glory for it, but it'll be God working through his people. You are the anointed ones of God. Can you raise your hands and shout amen? That was R.W. Schambach. Powerful testimony. If you have a need, just stand up and just stretch out your hand to the Lord and just ask Jesus for that need to be met today.
Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's something spiritual that you're going through. Maybe it's emotional. Whatever it is, Jesus is here to meet that need. So just stretch out your hands in faith today. Trust him to do what he does best. You might have come today thinking it's just another Sunday. It's just another Sunday. But you sense that Jesus is here. Something's different this day. There's something different about this Sunday. It might just be a, a regular day, but when Jesus is in our midst, when the word of God is in our midst, all bets are off. And there's nothing that God cannot do. So Jesus, oh, we reach out to you in faith. Heal today. Restore today. Save today. Deliver today. Break chains today, Jesus. Provide today, Lord God. that are just looking for reasons to doubt, reasons to be cynical. But let us be like just that man, that stretching out, that shriveled hand in faith, trusting you, God, that when you're in our midst, you can do anything. When you're in our lives, you can do anything. Help us to live lives of surrender to you devoted to you. Not just Sabbath worshipers, not just those that come on a weekly basis to worship, but those that every day live a life of worship and surrender and consecration and devotion to you, God. We trust you today, Jesus. We trust you, Lord. Never change. You're the beginning, you're the end, you're the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. The things you did before, you will do today, you will do again. And Lord, we thank you for your power, your supernatural power today. Just need another religious service, though we need a divine encounter with you, God. So we stretch out our hands. We stretch out our hands to you, Jesus.
said in the video, just continue to seek the Lord. Don't just give it one shot, oh, it didn't happen today, and that's, no, no, just keep pursuing God, what God wants to do in your life. Believing, trusting what God wants to do in you and through you, changing each of us from the inside out.